on the field, and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Josh Hader about ready to throw pitch number 12 in this inning. Garrett Cooper looking at a 2-2 count. Here it is. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Hader strikes out the side of the ninth, and the Brewers beat the Marlins by a final of 6-2 in Miami. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. The losing streak is over. The Brewers put together a very solid game today, winning by a 6-2 score over Miami, putting themselves in position with a win tomorrow. They could potentially take the series from the Marlins, but... We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow for tonight. The Brewers get a much-needed win. 6-2 is the final score. Adrian Hauser pitches well. Adrian Hauser hits well. Josh Hader makes Major League history. There's just a lot going on in this game tonight. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Augie, not only do the Brewers win this game, uh, pretty cool, and, and we'll go over all the numbers and the historical nature of some of the numbers coming up uh, in just a little bit because there are some certainly uh, historical things that happened in this game tonight. But more than anything else, just good to see the Brewers uh, get back on the winning side of things. You know, anytime you go through a losing streak, the best way to to get a win is to go out and play good, solid baseball in all phases. And that's what the Brewers did today. You look at what they did. It all starts with Adrian Hauser. He was really good today, really commanded the strike zone, got the big home run in the fourth inning. And then you got the good, solid defense. The offense, once they got the lead, they added on. That's something we haven't seen out of this ball club on this road trip. Get a lead. When you get the lead, you got to add on to it. The Brewers did that today. And how about that bullpen? Just continue. Continually, you get late innings with Fire Rising, Williams, and, and Hader is as good as you get. So a really nice all-around ball game for the Brewers. A big win. Good, th- good time to get back in that winning track and hopefully win this series. Adrian Hauser is a pitch-to-contact kind of guy, Augie, but he got 10 strikeouts today. He got 11 swings and misses on his sinker. He got three swings and misses on his slider. He got two swings and misses uh, on his curveball. Uh, what? How did that happen is what I'm trying to say because that is not in the Adrian Hauser profile. You know, today was the was the I thought as far as commanding the sinking fastball his tailing fastball you know sometimes when he raise, uh, raises it up on the inside part of plate it's more of a tailing fastball but down in the strike zone he had it, the ball was just going down very well I thought the when I think back of games I always go back a couple years ago against the White Sox where he threw seven innings of really good baseball he had that good heavy sinker he was able to command it down in the strike zone for strikes and then used his other pitches he did make a mistake with, with Rojas in the first inning. He tried to get a fastball right down the middle and Ross hit a home run. That happens, but the rest of the game from that pitch on after that pitch, he really took control of the game by usually that sinking fastball down and in on guys. It has such great movement. He was able to command the strike zone at the lot, bottom part and then use the breaking ball and the, the change up very effectively. He had a good slider today. He had a good breaking ball and he used it but it was all complemented by that really good sinking fastball. That's where he got a lot of swings and misses. 
How much impact? Manny Pena is activated prior to the game, and this is in no way, shape, or form a shot at Luke Maley or Jacob Nottingham because I think, and I know you agree, those guys did a heck of a job with Manny and with Omar Nervaez out, and Nervaez remains out. But how much impact can having a Manny Pena back active, how much impact can that have on the pitchers? I think Manny knows this pitching staff as well as anybody. He's caught them all for a number of years. He's a veteran catcher. I remember when he first came over several years ago when he came and he was known as a good defensive catcher who could throw people out with a good arm. Uh, offense would, would help a team out. But I think what, what Manny's become, he understands the art of what, what makes a pitcher tick and what you have to go to to keep a pitcher's strength. And that's what he did today. I think he did an excellent job of going in, down, and in with that sinking fastball when he needed it, and when he needed it, and Hauser threw it there, it was extremely successful. Not only that, but he used his breaking ball effectively to start off hitters, to show it, and then go away. So when you talk about a calling a baseball game, setting up sequences, I think Manny Pena does as, as good a job as anybody, and has really proven today with the way he went about it with Adrian Hauser, just commanding the strike zone, util, utilizing his best pitch, which was very good today, and that's that sinking fastball, and locating on both sides of the plate, but when he needed to elevate it, he elevated, but he elevated for a purpose and then went right back down and had that good breaking ball and a good fast, good sinking fastball. So yes, Matt, I do agree with you. I think Manny has a lot to do with it. He's so smart. He sets up good sequences and the pitchers have a lot of confidence in, confidence in him. That means a lot. We're taking you till 10 o'clock tonight, so another hour and 11 minutes of this program. If you want to join us, we will have time for you. You can call, you can text into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, this is a game where... A lot of things that have either never happened before or it's been a really, really, really long time since they have happened, happened. Uh, this, the, this game, it's historic in nature in some things that happened tonight. We're going to pass along to you everything that happened in this game that is uh, certainly noteworthy from a long-time historical perspective. We will do that coming up in just a moment. Once again, the Brewers come up with a nice win in Miami. Final score, 6-2. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Wong's average down to 253. He's 0 for his last 14 at the plate. First pitch, drives this one down the right field line. That's a fair ball, and it's going to get up on a bounce over the wall and out of play for a ground rule double. 6-2, Brewers get the win in Miami. Brewers Extra Innings rolls on. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Augie, I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. Augie, a lot of times on this program we kind of get into some obscure stats that happen during the course <laughs> of the game. We like to have fun with them. Um, we don't have to go obscure today. The stats that I'm about to talk about, nothing obscure about them. They are, they are historical in nature, and they are also very impressive in nature. Let's start with Josh Hader. 
he becomes the fastest ever in Major League history to record 400 career strikeouts. He gets it done in 234 and two-thirds of an inning. The previous record was Craig Kimbrell at 236 innings. That is, uh, that's some special stuff from Josh Hader. You know, I, I remember back when Josh first came up to the big leagues. We were in, uh, I believe we were in Arizona. I did the first major league interview with him on the bench. And he was, I was asking him, you know, you're here. Well, how, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? He says, I want to do anything I can do to help this ball club win, whether it's in the bullpen or as a starter. I just want that opportunity. When I get that opportunity, I'm going to try to make myself better each and every day. And I think that's a credit to Josh Hader, what he's done. He's saw when he first came in, he had the great fastball and he was getting people out by locating his fastball and and elevating it. Then he came, he needed, he knew he needed another pitch. He came back and he got the slider and it took him a year where he, it was here and there with that slider, but he he got it and now he uses it. It's very effective. And now he comes back with a changeup. He had a strikeout today on a changeup. Just being able to command those pitches and understanding that in order to be a success in the big leagues, you have to continually get better. And I'll tell you, he, this year, he is just as good as I've ever seen him. He's locating all his pitches. He's getting ahead. He's throwing the ball to, uh, down in the zone when he needs to. He's throwing his breaking ball, his changeup, and then elevating when he needs to. But a real credit to a, a young man who came to the big leagues with the opportunity to get an opportunity, got the opportunities, made the best of it. All right, so here's the stuff on Adrian Hauser, and we'll do a quiz on this later on because there's a lot of things to get into here. Uh, Adrian Hauser is the 15th pitcher in the modern era. It's the 17th time, 15th pitcher in the modern era to hit a home run, walk nobody, and have 10-plus strikeouts in the game. He is the first Brewers pitcher to accomplish that. In terms of Brewers who have struck out 10 or more in a game and homered in that game as well, he joins only Zach Greinke, Giovanni Gallardo, and Chris Capuano. Uh, Hauser is the first pitcher to homer off the same opposing pitcher in two different games of the season since Cincinnati's Bronson Arroyo did it off against uh, the Cubs' Glendon Rush in 2006. Hauser is the first Brewers player to hit his first two career home runs against the same pitcher since Robin Yount in 1974 against Ross Grimsley. Augie, this is uh, there's a lot there. <laughs> there sure is, and credit to Adrian. I'll, I'll tell you what: uh, last few games, he's been throwing the ball very well, been very consistent, going in at five and six innings, really keeping the team in the ball game. And you know, you, you talked about the home run. It looked like they showed both of them. I, I was watching on TV. Uh, they showed both of them. It looked like it was an almost identical pitch and almost went in a di- uh, identical area. So a real credit to Adrian, though. But it takes something number one to hit a home run as a pitcher. Uh, I, I know pitchers can hit, and Adrian sure can. Uh, I think he, he's done a great job at that. But to, to go out there, command the strike zone, don't walk anybody, strike out 10 is really a big credit, and he's been throwing the ball well, well-deserving uh, of the honors and the, and the neat things that he's done, uh, especially against Miami. Uh, and coming up with 10 strikeouts today uh, is pretty special. If, uh, if folks have not seen the home run, I encourage them to go find it online or somewhere because it's uh, you can Castano is saying 
please no, please no, please no, please no. When when the ball is flying, like you can you can visually see him literally saying those those two words, please no, over and over and over as he watches another home run uh, given up to uh, to Adrian Hazard. Yeah. I, I, I'm not trying. I, 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 I want to be careful when I say what I'm about to say, Augie. But in a way, it's yeah. got to be kind of embarrassing for Castano to give up those two home runs to a pitcher. Well, you, you know, you, a guy hits a home run off of you, and the, I remember the first one he he, he hit it at uh, American Family Field. Uh, Castano just turned around and he just watched it, and he kind of <laughs> kind of went like, "How did the ball go out of the ballpark?" And then today, the, just what you just said uh, to review what you just said, he go, "Oh no, I don't, not again, not again." But the pitches were fastballs up in the zone. Adrian put great swings on both of them, got the ball up and hit them all the ballpark. It was, it happens. I've been there. It happens. You give up home runs to guys, the guys you don't think are going to hit up home runs. It's just kind of confusing. But uh, I just credit Adrian here. He, Adrian here, they hit it off the same pitcher, same location, just about the same spot. Pretty special. But that's all the counts is it's a, it was a big home run. It gave the Brewers an extra, extra run and uh, credit to Adrian Hauser. Brewers get the 6-2 win in Miami. We still have a full hour to go. We are taking you till 10 o'clock this evening. If you want to join myself and former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. A quick break. The news is coming up in two minutes with Mike Spaulding, and then we'll be back right after that. We'll hear the highlights from the game. We'll hear from Craig Council. A lot to get to between now and at 10 o'clock. Stick with us. We're back after the news here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. 0-2 pitch to him. And it's an elevated fastball, and he lines this into right field for a base hit. Wong will score. Kane's going to stop at second. It's an RBI single for Tyrone Taylor. He drives in his ninth of the year, and the Brewers have tied it at one. 6-2 Brewers get the win in Miami. Series even at a game apiece. They'll wrap up the three-game series tomorrow afternoon. Brett Anderson will come off the Angeles to make the start tomorrow. Tonight, Adrian Hauser makes the start, and he is really, really good. In addition to hitting a home run, he also goes six innings, two runs on five hits, ten strikeouts, and no walks for Hauser tonight. Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, Augie, we got a text message from Doug and Baraboo. That's kind of a, it's an interesting question, and in today's pitching where it feels like there are so many unique pitches that kind of take different parts of many different types of pitches, I don't know if it's the easiest question to answer, but if there's anybody who can answer it, it's you. Uh, Doug says, Augie talks about Hauser's sinking fastball. Now, is that today's slider versus the cutter that breaks at a faster speed? Could Augie talk about these pitches and maybe tell us where the good old curveball fits in with all of this today? And Augie, it, you you look at guys pitching today, and whether 
It's the four-seamer, which is the fastball that's used most often. You still see two-seamers thrown in, uh, a cutter, which kind of takes some aspects from, from those pitches, but sometimes cuts in the other direction. Then you have the uh, the fastball with a little bit of sinking action to it, which is a little bit different. I mean, there's just there's a, there, there's a lot going on, and there's so many unique ways to throw pitches. It's I think it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher to actually identify what pitch is being thrown at any given moment. Yeah, and it all starts with grip on the ball. Yeah, everybody's taught different grips, and the balls move differently on how you grip them. And it, everybody's just a little bit different. When you talk about Adrian Hauser, we talked about that sinking fastball. A sinking fastball is a is a ball that moves away from the hand you throw with. If I'm a right-handed, it's going if and I throw it to the plate, it's going to move into a right-hander. It's that type of movement. If you throw a four-seam fastball, four-seam fastballs are more location fastballs. They don't always have that great movement. They have a jump on it but those are pitches that you get better velocity and you can really locate to a, a, a spot on the plate whether in or out uh, in or out or up or down it doesn't have the great movement that you do get with a two seam sinking fastball that moves away from your throwing hand. A cut fastball is one that goes into the plate if I'm a right hand pitcher will move away from a right hand hitter and it's just how you hold the ball that ball will come down and it'll move into the hitter. Now how you hold that ball depends whether it's a cutter or a slider. Some people get way on top of that ball and just turn their hand just a little bit, and that's how you develop a good tight slider. A good tight slider is actually a pitch that moves maybe six to eight inches, but it goes in a downward plane. It's quick. It's just like your fastball. It's easy to throw. It's uh, easy to locate. And it goes into the away from the right-hand hitter if you're a right-hand pitcher. Then there's the breaking ball. Breaking ball is probably the toughest pitch of all of them because what you do, you try to get overhand spin on it. When you throw that, you can, a lot of times you don't throw it with a lot of great velocity. It's usually 15 miles, 10 to 15 miles slower than your fastball. And it's a pitch that's about a 70% strike locator. You throw down, and that pitch can either go straight down, like you saw Adrian throw a couple today, really good ones, at about 75 to 78 miles an hour. Or you can kind of cut it a little bit and it'll just go down and move away from a right a right hand hitter. So that's basically uh, pitches: a two seam, four seam fastball, straight locator. A two seam fastball that moves in to the hitter is is usually a tailing fastball or a sinking fastball. A cut fastball that goes away from a right hand hitter, just short. That's a cut fastball. It moves away from a right hand hitter, right hand pitcher. You change the grip a little bit. You get a little bit different movement. That's a slider. You over grip the ball get a downward movement at a little bit lower speed that's a curveball and then the changeup is just something that you throw you hold a little bit differently and the spin comes out of your hand and that usually goes the same way that a uh, a uh, two seam fastball a sinking fastball a tailing fastball or a four seam fastball goes it goes in that direction I guess I, I hope I surmised it in a uh, uh, quickly for you but that's basically how the pitches when they are throwing the movement on them yeah no you did a great job and it's there's a lot there and again it just feels like there's more you know you think about the the airbender that Devin Williams throws it's a changeup, but it's a changeup that has some of the attributes really of a kind of a slider in there I mean that's 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 what makes it so unique there's well he, he's 
very good at it. And the way he holds the ball, he can make the ball move more. He has a changeup that he, he kind of throws and he just, tur- what he does, he turns his hand over and he gets that little sink or little sink movement on it. And it's not great, but it can throw it, locate that pitch. But when he really needs it, he will see him throw it and he'll see his hand actually turn to the, turn to the outside or away from his body. And that's where he gets that airbender where he gets that good downward movement with a lot of change of speed on it and it's a difficult pitch to throw but when you get it you you get it it's a very good pitch we're seeing fire rising develop that pitch and it's really made him that same way as you take the ball and you actually turn your hand away from your body and the ball as you throw it and it changes the speed it gives you that good movement on it but there's also guy who guys who throw it that have the exactly what you said matt that can throw it and make that ball cut a little bit like that means it goes the same as a cutter moves in but the speed has changed just by how you hold it and to finish off on Doug's question, he finished off with how the curveball fits in with all of this today. I feel like we just talked about a bunch of stuff where there's been kind of a, I don't know if developments or changes, but it just feels that there's so much going on. I still feel like, for me, guys who can throw that, that 12 to 6 curveball, uh, that, that's always going to play. That's a pitch that's just always going to be able to work. It's a pitch that's very difficult to throw consistently for a strike, yeah. but what you can do it on a, on a consistent basis is an excellent pitch. You have to throw that ball a little bit different, Matt. The way you grip it, I can't show it on the radio, of course, like I did the slider several years ago to you. <laughs> but uh, but it's a it's a type of pitch that you really you turn your hand and you have to. It's like pulling a shade down and getting that spin to come out of your hand and have a tumbling. And the hard, the more you can get that, the quick the quicker you pull that shade down, the more spin you get on it, the better to break. Don Sutton was a great curveball uh, specialist. Uh, you look at all the great Burt Blylevin, those guys. Those, those, That curveball made those guys, and it still does today. You have a good curveball, you can command for strike and throw it when you want to. It's an excellent pitch, and Adrian Hauser has done that along with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. You're seeing these guys throwing those good breaking balls. They're very, very good, and they're an important part of their repertoire when they pitch in the ball game. All right, there you go. There is your radio pitching clinic for the day. You can, uh, you can pay Jerry on, on your way out as you, uh, as you make your way in. Uh, yeah, so the Brewers today, they, uh, they beat Miami by a 6-2 score. We're talking all about that. Look, you think about the guys who pitched tonight for the Brewers. We've spent so much talking, time talking about Adrian Hauser and what led to his day. And his day today was different than normal because of all the swings and misses. He gets the 10 strikeouts. But then you mentioned, I mean, J.P. Fireisen has just been absolutely incredible. He strikes out two of the three uh, for two of the three outs he gets. Then Devin Williams and Josh Hader, they each strike out the side. As we mentioned earlier, Hader becomes the fastest in Major League history to get to 400 strikeouts in his career, which is just incredible. But all those guys are a little bit different in the way that they do it. But tonight, I mean, eight. Augie, 18 strikeouts and no walks from Brewers pitching tonight. That is phenomenal. Uh, you just said it, phenomenal. Uh, just a great outing by everybody. Uh, you know, you talk Adrian pitching the six innings and 
punching out 10 and not walking anybody. He got deep in the count sometimes and was able to come back. But, you know, I, re- I really appreciate it. And I'm going to say on Wisconsin for JP and the way he's going about his job. You know, here's a guy who's come out. He's got 17 outings that he's gone out. He hasn't given up an earned run. You know, here's the guy who goes out and he understands what he has to do. He has to throw strikes. He has to get ahead of hitters. But yet he knows that changeup is that pitch that has made him so far. And he showed it tonight. He threw it. He struck out a couple guys. We're both on the changeup. And it's not about just learning to change up and being able to throw it. It's being able to throw it with confidence. And JP's done a nice job of that. And that has a lot to do with his success. But I, I was amazed at these these pitchers tonight with Devin and, and, and Josh. Each, each pitcher, I, you go five. 17 pitches, 11 strikes. Williams, 12 pitches, 10 strikes. Hader, 12 pitches, 10 strikes. That is that is pitching the ball, getting ahead of hitters, commanding the strike zone, and just doing an outstanding job. And that's why you look at this Brewer bullpen, you think of these three guys, that's pretty special. It wouldn't specifically to Fire Eisen, because this is a this is a star st- back into the bullpen when you think about Josh Hader and Devin Williams who are household names across all of Major League Baseball with what they've already been able to accomplish in their careers and I'm not trying to take anything away from what those guys are doing because it's it's really really special but Fire Eisen not only does he have a zero ERA Augie this is a guy who's got a zero ERA pitching a ton he is used a lot and when he's being used, it's high leverage situations. I can't, I don't have the numbers of every relief pitcher, and, and I'm not completely 100% familiar with what parts of games that every relief pitcher is pitching in across baseball. But yeah, Fire Ison, for the most part, is covering the seventh, not the eighth or the ninth, unless either Williams or Hader is unavailable. And then we see him move back in an inning or two. But for Fire Eisen to have that zero ERA, to be pitching as often as he is pitching, and to do it in, in, in high leverage situations, it's hard to find a relief pitcher in all of Major League Baseball who's having a more impressive season than Fire Eisen. I agree with you 100%. He's just throwing the ball so well. I think last year really did a lot for him. He got to get into a lot of different situations. He got to pitch out of that bullpen, and he got an understanding of what he had to do. And when he when you finish the, finish the season, you have to decide on what kind of pitcher you want to be. What do you want to do? What did you learn from this season? How? What do I do to stay in the major leagues? And I think if you went up to JP today and you asked him a question, he said, you ask him, about, hey, is it the changeup that's made you? And he would say, yeah, it's a great pitch. I've added to my repertoire and it's done really well. But if, I've, if there's anything that's made me the pitcher I am right now, execution. I don't think about anything else but executing the pitch that that catcher puts down. I have confidence that he's got he's going to set up a good pitch. If I locate it, I execute, I'm going to be successful and he's done that because you see him throwing, he'll be 2 and 0, he'll throw a changeup. He today he was 3 and 2 and he threw a changeup strike a guy out. That's confidence in your pitches. A pitch that's new to you but your confidence and I think with JP right now, he doesn't think about anything but executing the pitches, and when he does, he's going to be successful. And, boy, not a pitcher in major leagues right now that's pitching any better than J.P. Fireisen. Anybody who has listened to me at all has probably heard me say what I'm about to say, and I'll say it a million more times as long as I keep doing this. 
development does not stop just because you get to the big leagues. And I think you look at Fire Ice and, and you look at Williams, and it's a great example. Two years ago, Williams made his major league debut. Wasn't anything special in his first taste, but then he comes out last year and he has that breakthrough season. Last year, Fire Ice, and he was he was fine. But I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody expected what he's doing now based upon what he did last season. But he got that taste at the big league level, and now he's taking a step forward. And this, I think, this is going to be a trend when you look at Brewers pitchers. Maybe maybe the next guy is a Drew Rasmus, and I, I don't know. There's the the guys who have nice seasons, okay seasons. They fit in well in the bullpen, but then they come out that next year and really take that step forward. And we 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 saw it last year with Williams, and I think we're seeing it this year with Fire Eisen. I agree, and and when you look at it, you think about. And I agree with you with Rasmus, and here's a guy who all of a sudden. Is starting to throw the ball very well. He's commanding strike zone, and everybody says in order to be a good pitcher, he doesn't have to have only that fastball. He's got to be able to command that slider. Last three or four times out, what has he had? Very good. A good breaking ball. Yeah, he doesn't throw it for a strike every time. You're not supposed to, but he throws, he commands that strike zone, and, and that's what's so important that, that developmental part. And one thing I, I noticed on Devin Williams today, you see when he came in the game, what did he do today? He threw three straight fastballs in a row. I loved it. I thought that was awesome. His fastballs is showing that that Miami team that hey, I got my good fastball, and then he broke out the broke out the changeup. But showing he could command the fastball, get out of hitters, that he's not afraid to throw it. That really sets up that changeup. And after that, school was out. He just dominated the inning, and that's what you're seeing out of guys like Williams and and even Josh Hader. What he has done and getting bit more pitches and having confidence and executing pitches are making this bullpen so good. Somehow we've gotten about halfway through this show without barely talking about what the Brewers did from a run-scoring standpoint and a hitting standpoint, and that has been where they've been struggling so much during the losing streak that ended today. We'll talk about those six runs on 11 hits and being able to tack on more runs when they had the opportunity to do so. We'll discuss that next. Brewers come up with a 6-2 win in Miami. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. You can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the 6-2 win in Miami. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. 1-0 pitch to Hauser, and Hauser sends this one in the air. Deep right field, racing back is Cooper at the track. He has done it again! Adrian Hauser goes deep! Off of Castano again! And the Brewers lead it 3-1! to one. I love in that call, Lane Grindle, he, he, he kind of laughs, <laughs> and I think it's a, a, a laugh of almost astonishment, like not being able to believe what you just saw. And that was, uh, that was a fun moment in this game as the Brewers get the win over Miami 6-2. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings. My name's Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. Augie, the Brewers put up six runs on 11 hits. They had not been scoring runs at the clip that fans would like them to score runs as they had lost six in a row. And they went through a stretch in the third, fourth, and fifth innings where they scored two, one, and two runs. And you kind of break things down even a little bit more than that. Uh, they, 
they had some base runners. They left a couple on in the first inning, maybe took a little bit out of Castano at that moment, but then in the third, they they were able to get the first run to score, but they were able to continue to kind of tack on there, and they got the second run to score. Um, then kind of the, you know, they're able to get the, the Hauser home run in the fourth. They get the, the, the Garcia home run in, in the fifth inning to account for uh, a couple runs. So two things there. First off, specifically to the third inning, the fact that that went from being a one-run inning to a two-run inning, that may seem like a really small thing. I don't think it is a small thing. I think going, uh, they were trailing one nothing, and they were able to turn that upside down, and they took a one-run lead because they tacked on a single run, and then they went through that three-inning stretch of scoring in, in all three innings, and Miami did not score at all during that three-inning period. You do those two things, you get a tack-on run or two, and you're able to put together multiple innings in a row where you're scoring runs that's a recipe for success it is and it, you know this is what you this is something that we haven't seen the Brewers do in the last couple of weeks where they have been able to score runs and then tack runs on in the game that's you always have to add runs you have to I don't know if you want to say continue to keep the momentum or whatever you want to do but when you add on runs that's so important and they did that today and yes they had the Hauser home run in there but in the fifth they were able after the hit by pitch Garcia's big home run but I do I do like what they did in that third inning and a lot had to do with Colton Wong today three for five today got on base that igniter and then Lorenzo got the base hit after that Taylor gets the base hit Garcia base hit Urias does a nice job of getting coaxing that walk and getting that second run that's that's huge in the game it's not how you score it's that you do score and then Hauser's home run and then the the two runs in the fifth were huge even the run in the eighth was big but when you do something and you start adding runs you start to build momentum and things starting to fall your way and that's something that every ball club has to do just don't score and stop you have to score and you have to add on to that that keeps the momentum in your favor and the Brewers did that today Colton Wong with the three hits he becomes the third leadoff batter in Brewers history to have a three-hit game at Marlins Park joining Trent Grisham who did it in September of 2019 and Gene Skura who did it in uh, September of 2015 it's uh, there was a lot of talk when Wong came in about where he was going to hit, and I think some Brewers fans maybe didn't want him to hit in the leadoff spot because that meant Lorenzo Kane was not going to hit in the leadoff spot, and there's a lot of people who really like Kane in the leadoff spot, and, and rightfully so. Kane's a really good leadoff hitter. Kane also has a little bit more pop than Wong, and he's got the ability. You know, when he was in Kansas City, he was a middle-of-the-order kind of hitter. So, uh, And then when he came back to Milwaukee, they put him back at the top. But I, I, I like Wong in the leadoff spot. We saw what he was able to do. And when it can, and I know people make way too much of, of lineup construction, and, and Craig Council will remind folks that you make too much of lineup construction. But uh, Augie, I've always liked the number two hitter who's got both the ability to get on base and also has just a little bit of pop. I like Lorenzo Cain as a number two hitter. I think I like him in the two spot maybe even more than I like him in a leadoff spot or more than I would like him in that you know four, five, six spot, something like that. Yeah, your leadoff hitter really is that 
tone setter. He's the guy who gets on the base however he can. And I think Colton's that type of guy. And we'll see it throughout the we'll see it uh, throughout the year. He'll coax a walk. He'll get a base hit, or he'll even bunt sometimes uh, when he needs to if he sees that he got that opportunity to get on base. And I do agree with you with the with with Lorenzo Kane. He's so versatile. He can hit for power. He knows how to hit move runners over. That's one thing that's so special when you get to that top of that lineup. Getting guys on and moving the guys over, and then you get your 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 RBI guys in there. And you know when you get Christian back, you put him in that third slot. That one, two, three hitters are pretty darn good, and uh, you can coax some runs out of that. But I I do like Colton leading off because I think he he's quick. He can steal bases. He's a good base runner. He hits the ball. He puts the ball in play. Doesn't strike out a lot, and he'll just get on base. But then you get that versatility with Lorenzo hitting second. I like that a lot. Brett Anderson's going to be activated off the injured list. He starts tomorrow, 2-2, two and two, 4.15 ERA. Augie, how tough is it? He, there, he didn't do a rehab assignment. Uh, I, I don't believe he did. If he did, I missed it. I don't think he, he pitched down at Nashville. I, I can double-check that. But I'll, I know Josh Lindblom has been at Nashville. I don't think Anderson has been. Um, he's just been kind of pitching off to the side. How tough is that when you're a guy who's been on the injured list for a little while just to be forced into a position where you got to jump right back in right away? I think it matters on how many starts you miss, and he's not going to miss a lot of starts where he was throwing the ball very well. He knows what he has to do. He's a veteran. He knows that his his success comes from being able to handle the, the outside part of the play with that good sinking fastball and that good changeup that he locates there, and then be able to pitch on the inside to show, to show that he can go on the inside part of the play with that good breaking ball and forcing fastball that he does have. So I think he understands it. It's just a matter, is he going to be in the in that in that position where he can locate the ball very well. When you sit out, there is some, there is a little bit of a question whether you're going to be able to locate the ball where you want. But this is a veteran guy that understands in his way of being successful. So I don't think going down and and pitching a couple games in the minors makes that big of a difference when you sit out for the length of time that he has. That's former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. This is Brewers Extra Innings after the Brewers come up with a 6-2 win in Miami to even up the series at a game apiece, an opportunity to win the series if they can win tomorrow. It's uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, you can be so down about the club, they can lose six in a row, and all of a sudden they just win one single game, and they're in position to possibly win a series the next day. But that's how... That's how baseball works. When we return, we will hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That is next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Here's the pitch to him. Swing and ground ball hit to second base. Colton Wong has it. Throws to first in time. Six really good innings from Adrian Hauser tonight. Ties a career high with 10 strikeouts. If his day is done, that's a heck of a day at the office. Yeah, it was. Six innings, two runs, five hits, ten strikeouts, no walks. He goes to 3-3, three and three, ERA at 3.44. Uh, again, it's still early, it's, and I hate saying that. You know, use the old small sample size, but in a 162-game season, when you're, what, uh, 34 games into the year, I believe it is, uh, it is still pretty darn early. Although the funny part is when you compare to where they're at right now, they would be more than halfway through last year's 60-game season. That just It continues to really augment the point that you, you can't take anything that happened last year, or maybe not 
anything, but you can't take most things that happened last year and put uh, much stock in it. But uh, Brewers get the win, 6-2. Adrian Hauser, really good. Manager Craig Council, speaking with the media just a little while ago, talked about the performance from his pitcher. Yeah, I mean, this was a this was a great start from Adrian. Um, I think he was, you know, as good as we've seen. Um, the, the, the sinker's always been a really good pitch. Uh, the the breaking ball tonight, the curveball and the slider were were plus as well. So he's been working hard on the off speed stuff, and um, we we saw some. I, I, th- I thought we saw some difference. You know, the, the sinker is still the the foundation of it all. But I thought we saw some off-speed stuff, and some sliders, and some curveballs that um, that that were, were pretty darn good, and that's uh, that's really exciting. Craig, it seemed like you finally broke through there in the third inning um, with the, the pressure inning and and a big hit, and then Avi adding on. Was it good just to see the the collective at bats? Yeah, we we did a nice job against Castaño. I thought you know the at bats that. Um, you know, at the top of the lineup, that top, with Colton jumping on a jumping on a slider, and then Low fighting off a fastball, Tyrone fighting off a fastball, um, Louis having a really good at bat. That um, just it did it, it. It got us a lead. We, you know, the part of the streak is after we got that lead. I thought we haven't had a lead since the first inning of Game One against Philly. That was the only lead we've had in this in this little drought here too. So just having a lead was was something different for us actually. Um, and then, and that was, uh, you know, the good at bats that we got a nice, we got a big hit from Avi, uh, to give us some breathing room and kind of any Adrian and, and took it from there. Hey, Craig, just, uh, Avi in particular, that's a three hit day for him with a big home run. I mean, he's a critical part of this lineup, obviously without, without Christian, even without Omar for, for now, at least. Yeah. He, he's had a nice road trip too. He's, he's swung the bat well. Um, and yeah, you know, I thought in the first inning he, he he's had a couple of just misses this series. He had a just missed last night. He had a, I thought in the first inning he just missed a pitch. So he he's got the that's when he's locked in the air. You know he's pulling the ball in the air, um, sitting getting some mistakes and pulling the ball in the air. So um, he's swinging it well and in a good place. What does it mean to you when you see Adrian go deep against the same guy? uh in the season i mean that's two bombs for him off the same guy and he seems as happy as ever with it well yeah completely unexpected i think i think anytime that uh the pitcher hits a homer and you think he's going to start getting pit it's going to change the how he is pitched from that point forward a little bit and um you know, he got another fastball tonight and, and then put a pretty, really good charge into it again. Um, so it's unexpected and, and a surprise, but something that picked everybody up and picked the dugout up and got everybody fired up. Craig, for all the amazing things we've seen Josh do, for him to reach 400 and be the fastest to do it, uh, where does that, what kind of statement does that make for you? Um, what are four strikeouts? Yeah, sorry, 400 strikeouts. Sorry, um, well, that's he's the fastest player ever to get 400 strikeouts, like in innings pitched. Is that what this? Oh, wow, but I don't read Mike's notes, so I apologize. <laughs> two, uh, 
234 innings, Craig. I've never read Mike's notes in the history of my uh, as a as the brewer manager. So apologize. <laughs> uh, line for, the line forms to the rear there. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me start over. Josh became the fastest pitcher to reach 400 career strikeouts ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, it, it, well, it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, and it's, you know, we're, we're, we're witnessing a pitcher who's doing, you know, we, I know it, you witness a pitcher who's doing incredibly special things. And because he's, we're now four years into it. Um, at, at times I think you, um, I don't want to say take it for granted, but but you, you consider what he does, and um, you you're you're although you expect it, you're amazed by it still, and I, that's the best way I can say it. And even even a night like tonight, it's it doesn't go on on scene that he just he struck out the side, and um, it, it's it is really incredible. Um, and it's he's, he's a special pitcher, and and we're. We've been lucky to have him. He's been a huge part of our success over the last couple of years. Craig, Craig, all three relief pitchers were as crisp as they could be. And and what making that a little amazing is JP's the only guy that's pitched in the last week because you just haven't had a lead. Um, I mean, and they still came in and just all through strikes. Yeah, we, we got a nice – I think our bullpen is really um, – you know, despite what, what's happened this past week, we've got a nice – Nick's going on there. We've solidified roles. I feel like um, solidified innings, and they're they're doing a heck of a job. Um, so it, it's been a light trip for them, which is in, in some ways good. Over the you know in the in the big picture, um, Devin actually has has had a little bit harder trip than you imagine. He he's been up because of the games in Philly. He was uh, hot for for a bunch of days in a row, but um, he came out. I thought he was as sharp as we've seen him this year as well. So um, I think we're in a good place with that moving forward. And uh, uh, that's an exciting part of this team in the next, um, as, as the season move on, moves on. Craig, was this kind of just that example of a good baseball you were talking about yesterday where kind of multiple parts of, of the team kind of came through to, to lead to the victor? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Wins are come from contributions from a lot of players, and I think tonight was a great example of that. We got contributions from a bunch of guys in the lineup. Uh, we got a we got a great starting pitching um, performance, and we got great performances from our, our key guys in the bullpen. And we that's a formula for us. That's a formula for every team. But um, we have I, I think we have really good players in those roles, and. Um, when we, when we can get to those roles, we're going we're to do a nice job. But it all it started with Adrian tonight. Um, he, he gave us the big shot, and he gave us the big lift. Magic Craig Council just a little while ago. That was a cool moment when he was not aware of the Josh Hader fastest to 400 strikeouts in Major League history, and for him to find out uh, in that moment in the middle of the, uh, the post-game media availability, uh, I thought that was pretty cool, and I hope that you enjoyed being able to kind of hear his very – Raw, natural first reaction to uh, to that bit of news. Brewers get the win in Miami 6-2. How did it all go down? We'll tell you the highlights on the way next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 
6-2 Brewers get the win over the Marlins. Pitching matchup today, Adrian Hauser on the mound for the crew. Daniel Castano getting the start for the Marlins. It would be the Marlins who would strike first in the bottom of the first inning. The first pitch that Hauser throws to leadoff man Miguel Rojas. First pitch swinging out to center. Back Kane, warning track, jumps. Oh, it's off his glove and gone. A home run for Miguel Rojas that Lorenzo Kane got back there. He got a glove on it, but just missed it. One pitch, one nothing Miami. A team comes in on a six-game losing streak, and the first hit of the day, the first pitch thrown by a Brewers pitcher, is a home run that goes off the glove of, uh, of Lorenzo Kane, and he would have been bringing it back in. It's not like it went off the glove and out, but still, it felt like a bad omen at the moment. I think every Brewers fan kind of had the, oh boy, here we go again, but it was not a here we go again. Let's fast forward to the top of the third inning with one out, Colton Wong at the plate. Wong's average down to 253. He's 0 for his last 14 at the plate. First pitch, drives this one down the right field line. That's a fair ball, and it's going to get up on a bounce over the wall and out of play for a ground rule double. Lorenzo Kane then gets a base hit. That moves Wong to third in front of Tyrone Taylor. 0-2 pitch to him. And it's an elevated fastball, and he lines this into right field for a base hit. Wong will score. Kane's going to stop at second. It's an RBI single for Tyrone Taylor. He drives in his ninth of the year, and the Brewers have tied it at one. Visayo Garcia then gets a base hit. That loads the bases for Luis Arias, who draws a walk, drives in Kane, and the Brewers take a 2-1 lead. So the Brewers get that lead. How does pitcher Adrian Hauser react to it? Always big when your team comes and gets a lead for you to try to put up a zero that next half inning. That's exactly what Hauser does. Gets Daniel Castano to ground out, Miguel Rojas to strike out, and then faces off against former Brewer Jesus Aguilar. Former teammates doing battle right here. 3-2 pitch. Grounder to short. Urias has it. Clutches and then throws. And Aguilar is out number three. 1-2-3 inning for Adrian Hauser. is second in a row. That's a big inning. We don't talk about innings like that very often, but that's a big inning to put up that zero, to have a 1-2-3 inning after the team takes the lead in the top of the inning on the losing streak and everything. The fact that Hauser put up the zero right there, that's a really big moment for this team. And then the Brewers are able to tack on thanks to Hauser in the top of the fourth inning with one out, Hauser at the plate. 1-0 pitch to Hauser, and Hauser sends this one in the air. Deep right field, racing back is Cooper at the track. He has done it again! Adrian Hauser goes deep off of Castano again! And the Brewers lead it 3-1. Yeah, how about that? Hauser, two home runs this year against Castano. As it was going out, you could uh, the video caught Castano going, please no, please no, please no. Well, yes, it got out of there, and the Brewers led by a 3-1 score. How does Hauser respond to that? Gets Corey Dickerson to uh, ground out, Adam Duvall to strike out, and then faces off against Brian Anderson. 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss. He struck him out with a sinker. Anderson breaks his bat in frustration. Hauser getting things done at the plate and on the mound. Another 1-2-3 inning. Brewers would add another run in the top of the fifth inning. New pitcher John Curtis replacing Daniel Castano. First battery faces Tyrone Taylor 
Hits him with a pitch. Next hitter, Avisael Garcia. The 1-1. Swing and a high fly left field. Dickerson back onto the warning track. Climbing the wall. Gone! Avisael Garcia got that one out of the ballpark. The Brewers now lead it 5-1. All the while, Adrian Hauser continues to roll along to the sixth inning. Brewers take that 5-1 lead into the inning. Hauser would strike out Miguel Rojas, who has been a thorn in the side of the Brewers the entire series. Next hitter, Jesus Aguilar. Brewers are the 5-1 lead in the sixth in Miami. Trying to snap this six-game losing streak. Payoff pitch again. Struck him out. Breaking ball on the outside corner. Strikeout number 10 for Adrian Hauser. That matches the career high. He would run into a little bit of trouble. Corey Dickerson would double. That would bring up Adam Duvall. 1-2 pitch, lined into left, a base hit. They're going to send Dickerson. Here comes the throw from Tyrone Taylor. It's offline, and now it's 5-2 in the bottom of the sixth inning. Duvall with a two-strike hit, and the Marlins are climbing back in. Not for long, though. Brian Anderson would ground out to get out of the inning, and Hauser would go six strong. J.P. Fireisen would pitch the seventh inning for the Brewers, where he would strike out two. Uh, Richard Bly would come into the game in the top of the eighth inning for the Marlins. He would get Billy McKinney to uh, ground out, but then Manny Pena would get a one-out base hit in front of uh, Pablo Reyes. Against Adrian Hauser, finished strong. Reyes hits one in the air, left field. Back Dickerson still back over his head on the warning track and over the fence for a ground rule double. So runners on at second and third for Jacob Nottingham, who hits an RBI ground out that scores Pena, and it makes it a 6-2 game. Devin Williams on to pitch the eighth inning for the Brewers. He would face out, he would uh, strike out John Birdie. He would strike out Miguel Rojas, and then he would face off against Aguilar. Brewers' season high is 17. That was on opening day against the Minnesota Twins. Ten innings. One-two pitch. Struck him out. Change up. Devin Williams strikes out the side in the eighth. So the Brewers take that 6-2 lead to the ninth inning. On comes Josh Hader. First batter he faces is Corey Dickerson. 0-2 pitch. Struck him out. High fastball at 95. That is six straight strikeouts going back to the seventh inning. Next hitter, Adam Duvall. 0-2 pitch. Another strikeout. Got him with a slider. Back-to-back strikeouts for Josh Hader. After a base hit from Brian Anderson, a uh, former Brewers prospect, Garrett Cooper, at the plate. Josh Hader about ready to throw pitch number 12 in this inning. Garrett Cooper looking at a 2-2 count. Here it is. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Hader strikes out the side of the ninth, and the Brewers beat the Marlins by a final of 6-2 in Miami. With the win, the Brewers go to 18 and 16. The Marlins, they drop to 15 and 17. Winning totals for the crew, six runs, 11 hits, no errors. They leave eight for Miami. Two runs, six hits, one errors, one error, excuse me. They leave four. Winning pitcher Hauser, he's three and three. Castano, the loss, he is 0 and 2. Uh, home run, Adrian Hauser, his second. Avisael Garcia, his fourth. Rojas hitting his second of the year for the Marlins. Game lasting three hours and two minutes, played in front of a crowd of 5,764 folks. We preview the series finale. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 
A 6-2 win for the Brewers. Let's go around the National League Central. Brewers beat the Marlins tonight to even up the series at a game apiece. Cubs over the Pirates by a 3-2 score. Trevor Williams throwing four for the Cubs, giving up two runs on five hits. And uh, the Cubs do end up uh, holding on to win that game by a 3-2 score. They were down uh, 2-1 going to the bottom of the fourth inning and get the final couple runs scored. Cardinals over the Rockies. Cardinals are playing some really good baseball right now. They knock off the Rockies by a 9-8 score. Paul Goldschmidt goes deep. It was his fifth home run of the year. The Reds, one day after uh, getting a no-hitter, they fall short in Cleveland, losing to the Indians by a 9-2 score. Luis Castillo got the start for the Reds. He went four, giving up six runs, four earned on five hits, two strikeouts, two walks. Around the Brewers' minor league system, AAA Nashville, they go to 3-2. and two. They knock off Toledo in Toledo, 6-1. Josh Limblum picked up the win for uh, Nashville in that game. Double-A Biloxi, they lose at Birmingham by an 8-2 score. High A Wisconsin, they've had a really strong start to the season. They are now 4-1 and one after they knock off Beloit 4-3. And the Carolina Mudcats also sitting with a 4-1 uh, and one record. They get a win this evening as uh, they defeat Fayetteville by a 6-2 score. Good to be able to uh, talk about Everything going on uh, with the minor leagues as uh, they get ready to complete uh, their first week back in action after no minor league season last year. All right, so the Brewers and the Marlins, they are now even at one game apiece. Game three of the series, the rubber game of the match, coming up tomorrow afternoon. The Brewers will activate left-handed pitcher Brett Anderson to get the start. He's 2-2 two two with a 4.15 ERA. Sandy Alcantara will get the start for Miami. The right-hander is one and two, 2.95 ERA. Early action tomorrow, 12-10 first pitch. Network coverage at 11:35. I've got you for Brewers warm up at 11 o'clock, and then uh, myself and Jerry Augustine will be back with you uh, following the game tomorrow afternoon for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.